let us pray for the word of God. Our Father in heaven, we worship you. We glorify your holy name. We give all the praise for whom you are. Thank you, Lord, for gathering us again together in this tabernacle to praise and worship you, to honor your holy name, and to receive from you that which have ordained for us. Lord, the hour has come that you break the bread of life unto us and share to us. Father, we pray that the Spirit of God will take absolute control. I stand here, O Lord, just as a messenger. I believe you will speak through me that which you have given unto me. And I pray, Lord, that everyone in this church today will receive at his or her own level of understanding that which will grow in their lives and make them to be whom we want them to be. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name, for your word is life. Your word is active. Your word is true. May we see all this in our lives today, that we will never be the same, O God, at the end of this worship service. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Before I start, I have to appreciate that in the Lord, Venerable Professor Samike, and the team of the reverends in this church for giving me an opportunity to stand out here and use the pulpit. May God bless you in Jesus' name. We have come today, it's a special Sunday for our nurses, student nurses and midwives. And I thank God that the nursing profession is a city that is set on a hill. All eyes behold it. It cannot be hidden because it gets across every level of life from death to death. And that calls for us who are nurses, those in training, those who are practicing, to be very, very careful and know that God is interested in this profession. Praise God. We have read our text. The, the topic says, the midwife, the midwife shared God and saved the children alive. The midwives feared God and saved the children alive. And we read through our text from Exodus chapter 1, 1 to 8 to 21. We are not going to repeat the reading, but I have to give a little background of verse 17 where the topic is taken from. I read that verse 17. It says, But the midwives feared God and did, and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. Praise God. By little background knowledge to this was that Joseph, the son of Jacob, was a one-time governor in the land of Egypt when there was a terrible famine that beheld the world. And so, their father sent his brethren to go to Egypt to get some food. When they got there, they never knew that Joseph was their brother 
But with time, Joseph disclosed his identity to them and asked them to go home and bring their father. And all of them came together. And they now started living in Egypt. So when Joseph died and all his brethren, the generation that sprouted out from them became so prolific and increased tremendously in population. From where we read this morning, we could see it. And the Egyptians started becoming afraid and started to give them hard levels and everything to see if they would stop. Instead of that, they continued to multiply and became extremely strong in their hardships, in their punishments, showing that the hand of God was with them. So Pharaoh now had to call his people for a discussion because they have politically tried to subdue them by from her being friendly and welcoming to them, they now started being suspicious and hostile to the Israelites. So what else can we do? We are doing this still is not reflecting on them. They are not bothered. So he now, they now decided that they would do something to stop their multiplication. Because they now became afraid. The way these people are going and are so strong and we are maltreating them. If there happens to be any war, they may ally with our enemies and fight us. So that led to this decision that he took and commanded the midwives and said to them that at delivery for the Hebrew women, anyone that comes to deliver from the delivery bird, if it's a male infant, that they should kill the child. But if a female infant, they shall allow the child to live. Unfortunately for him, like we saw in the play, that the drama that the nurses acted now some minutes ago, we had two nurses. When the lady that wanted to abort her baby came to them, the Christian nurse there was trying to give her good counsel on what to do. The other one, still a nurse, a midwife, kept quiet. And when her colleague left, she now beckoned on that one to give her what she wanted. So it has always been like that. So for Pharaoh to have called Shifra and Poor to give them this specific command to kill the Hebrew males, he must have heard about them, that they are God-fearing nurses who love God and love humanity, who love their job, their profession. The Bible said that they feared God with reverential fear that they refused to obey the command of the king. And so he must have known it. Like this too, you will now know the person that has been faithful with God. And so he commanded them to threaten them. I know that others may do it, but you too. I'm not sure you will do it. So hear it very well that you should kill the male infants when they come out. But still, these ladies, the two midwives, has sterling qualities in them, which I looked at and I said it's worth emulating. Sorry I didn't uh, define for you a nurse and uh, a midwife because it's a household name and that's why I didn't take that pains to to define them. 
But in simple terms, I said, a midwife is someone, especially a female, who is trained to help women give birth to babies. And then a nurse, in a simple term, is one who has been trained to help the sick or the well to achieve complete or partial wellness, to do his or her daily activities or to a peaceful death because we still have people dying in the hospitals. Praise God. So these two midwives have been distinguished in their profession as nurses through their, the love they have for God, the reverential fear they have for God, and of course the professional prowess that has singled them out. So the news has been all over. These two midwives, you don't play with them. And these are the people we call Nkemdiche in our terms. When we say Nkemdiche, in the world, it's a derogatory name, nickname. But in Christianity, it means so much. Because it means you are outstanding and you can stand out for Christ or God wherever you are. So they saw them as that. Praise the Lord. And in their lives, what I also observed is that their action, their action told us the kind of people they have been. You know, it's not ordinarily, it's not easy for somebody, you know, to flout the command from a king. It must go with something. And like, you know, being uh, nurses or midwives, they may be, you know, lose their job. They may also be demoted. They may also be imprisoned. Or they may face uh, death penalties. Just like we saw in the life of uh, encounter with uh, the three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. You know? They were flouted because of the love and reverential fear that they have for God and refused to bow to the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar did. They heard about them and were watching them to see if they would disobey. Likewise in the life of Daniel. They said we can only fault Daniel from the law of his God. So his light was shining. They knew him as a child of God. They knew that he reverenced God. And so they set trial for him. And that is what my spirit told me that also happened to these two midwives. Praise the Lord. So, I saw in them people who really love God with all their hearts, with all their soul, with all their strength. As the word of God told us in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. We should love the Lord, and that is the primary thing. When you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, honestly, every other thing is just, you know, a child's play. Because God will continue to strengthen you, give you wisdom, show you the way. At every point in time, we give you direction. And this is what I, I observed in them. Praise the Lord. And so also, I observed they were, they, their will was in consonance with the will of God. Their will was in consonance with the will of God. Because to kill is not the will of God. Please can somebody quickly turn to uh, Luke chapter 9 and read for me 54 to 56. Luke chapter 9. 54 to 56. Hallelujah. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. So they went on to another village. Praise God. So they identified their will with God's will. And so they became so resolute and unshakable in their decision to deliver the Hebrew male infants alive. We can see that even this singular act or action of death was what led to 
the setting of the life of Moses, who God had already ordained to be the deliverer of the children of Israel from that land of bondage of, of Egypt to their promised land. So it's a lesson for all of us to learn. Honestly, the nurse that said the last prayer for healing and the sick people made my message so simple because she covered everything that I really wanted to say. But it's just because I'm, I'm here standing, I have to, you know, just touch them. So I'm asking this question now. In the life of uh, uh, Daniel, when he refused to obey the law of King Darius, who said no man should take to make requests from any other god for 31 days except him, Darius. Of course, they now monitored Daniel and saw that he went home and that his usual praying hours, he still talked to his god. And then he was thrown into the lion's den. But God delivers him from it all. And at the end of it, we read that God rewarded Daniel and made him to prosper during the reign of King Darius. Likewise, the three Hebrew boys that were thrown into the burning fiery furnace that was heated seven times more than it was, God delivered them and, and also blessed them. He said, he made them rulers over and governors over the province of Babylon. So these midwives, God also blessed them. In verse 20 of where we read, said, Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and works very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. He gave them homes of their own. So you can never serve God in vain. You can never obey God in vain. We think that we can get whatever we want through any other means. But the most important thing is to know this God that we call upon. To love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And allow him, allow him to take care of you. So I'm asking my question this morning. I said to my fellow nurses, how many of us can take such a decision that these two people did? Won't we be afraid to say, ah, if I lose my job, what do I do? If I lose my job, what do I do? I, uh, there's no job. I wouldn't care this one that I have. Now you want me to lose it. Ah, people will say I'm so stupid and foolish. But they didn't think that way. They know that whom they have trusted is more than able to do immeasurably more than we can ask for or imagine. So they kept trusting him. They focused on him. So how do we today practice our nursing? Thank God we still have remnants. The Lord will never leave a generation without a remnant of those who love him. We have mixed multitudes in every profession. But it is the desire of God that we should, all work we do should be unto him. Do it as unto the Lord. We are not doing it as unto any man. Are you in a place where medicine is being practiced and your conscience does not like what you are seeing there? I say, mm, let me still. It's not easy to get a job. At least let me manage this one. No. If you know the God you are serving, you will say, ah, I know he can. The winners uh, at drama last week also showed us something, if we can refer to that. 
when the 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 pharmacists I think they call the court has control or whatever. Quantity controller, yeah. And said, No, I will not do this evil. It's evil against God. It's evil against humanity. I will not do it. Every threat was there staring at her. But she said no. And she left. And the name of the Lord was glorified. He planned a wonderful, more beautiful things for her. We all saw it in the drama. These things happen in reality. They happen in reality. So what is our decision today? Not sis, what are your decisions? When I was practicing, I told people, you can easily go to heaven through nursing profession, and you can easily go to hell through nursing profession. That is very correct. You're, you're doing something for the patient that are blessing you. You know, when I remember those things, I said, Father, thank you. Because you have an opportunity. And when you have left that place, you retire, as I have done, I cannot go back to do those things which I didn't do well. But when you have that opportunity, do it as unto the Lord. And God will see you through. I have testimonies, you know, but I'm always very shy to share them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes, because some of you here knew me very well when I was very active in UNTH. I met some friends amongst people. I never knew I would be in the same church with them. But because of the way that God gave me the wisdom and the love to care for my patients, there are relations, some of them are, are still here, and I made friends. They were inviting me to their home. Some will make cake and bring to me in the hospital because I won't go. Praise God. So that is the opportunity we have. So these were the qualities that I saw in those women. And I said, fellow nurses and midwives, can God find us faithful? In periods as this, can he find us faithful in periods as this? We also have a testimony when I was still working. We were members of the Hospital Christian Fellowship. So we now decided at the time, in the mid-80s, that, you know, we'll begin to conduct devotions, morning and night, for our patients in the clinics and on the wards. So we started. And brethren, you see God is a wonderful and miracle worker. Through the prayers and uh, all that we did, or through the devotions, we pray, we sing praises. You see those who cannot even, you know, sit up trying to sit up to the part of the praises that we are giving to God, the worship that we are giving to God. And then after that, we read some portions of the Bible and share with them and pray for them. So, God began to work in us who were doing that job and in the lives of the people we are doing it for. And then like Pharaoh, that knew no Joseph, came up a CMD and passed a secular, prohibiting us from doing that. If you are caught, you will lose your job. You will do that and all the rest of them. He said, shall we hearken unto the voice of man rather than God? God has said, do this for me. And we have started it. And I tell you, till I retired, from UNTH, it was still on. Some of you can bear me witnesses. Praise the Lord. So that's it. And we, you know, we continued doing what God asked us to do. Then, what shall we do? Because I know the, the human character in us, of course, people say that it's the negative thing that will always shoot up his head, and then you begin to fight it to bring in the positive one. What shall we do 
to be whom God has called us to be. To be the light of the world that he has called us in our profession. What shall we do? Like I said, the first thing is to love God. I will still insist on that. With all your heart, not half measure, with all your soul and with all your strength, desiring him. Even if you know him, you deserve to know him more. There's a song that said, the more you know, I love you, Jesus, the more I want to love you more. And that shall be a heart cry. So that we will continue to move from one degree of glory to another. Praise the Lord. And again, I said, when you love God, now God will never give you a profession that will make you miserable because you're serving him. He's the one that will give you where to serve him. But if you force yourself into another, you find it difficult. Like some parents will force their children into a professions the children don't want to belong to. They will do it because they, they're under you. And you see you have caused misery for that child. But when the child chooses a profession that he or she, you know, desires to serve God in, that child will always do it very well. So you will love your profession, which God has given you. And you will love it to do it and practice it as unto the Lord. You are serving him. The life of Jesus Christ showed us the steps to take. He said, he even said, love your enemy. Love them, your enemies. And when you love your enemies, you will love yourselves, isn't it? As brothers and sisters and wives and husbands. So that tells you what love is all about. And what love cannot do, nothing else can do it. Nothing else. It's the, that love that Jesus that has for us that sent him to the cross. For you and I, the same love. So we should not play with it. Love your profession and love the humanity that you are serving. Do it as unto the Lord. And God will bless you and give you the grace to continue. And as Christians also, our faith is integral part of, our, of us wherever we go. Our faith. So don't hide your faith. You are a Christian. You don't want them to know that I'm a Christian because they may deny me of certain things. You know people do that. Once they know you're a Christian and they're not Christians, ah, you see light and darkness begin to quarrel. But you are the child of God. And God has said, you, uh, you, you are the light. And when you come, darkness will, well, repel. It will fly away. And so, you will see that struggle. Because they don't want it to be there. And you keep on praying. God knows how to do, you know, handle you in such situation. When you come to do things according to the word of God. Being faithful to God in your services. And as Christians, the spirit of God also dwells in us. And as the spirit of God dwells in us, our lives shall also reflect his love for others. It is so beautiful. And a very beautiful thing. When a career meets with passion. You saw it there. When a career meets with passion, it's so beautiful. You love that job. You cannot say, I'm doing this. You don't have passion for it. It's that passion that will bring out the inner you in your services. Praise the Lord. So, for us, some of us are already bright, shining in our little corners. But then, we desire to shine brighter and brighter, isn't it? Some, some, some lights are very dim. Like when you have a half current, it's as useless, well, I say, <laughs> it's as, almost as useless as not having light. Because you will run to the appliances in the house and begin to switch them off. So do you have light? 
Answer yes or no. <laughs> so that's the, you know. So if you're a Christian and your light is dim, you want it to shine brighter. So that people will see it. And see the good works of God in you and glorify our Father in heaven. So our shine, light will shine brighter. When we show God that we love him with all our hearts, with all our souls and with all our strength. And you will also be guided. You will have extra power. When you are strong in the word of God. Because there is nothing that happens on this planet Earth that does not have a solution in the Bible. Nothing. You will always find a solution in the Bible. It might even be a, 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 no, a verse that you have read sometime. It didn't mean anything. But that particular time that you need it. And God says, go back to this passage of the Bible. And you go. He gives you another rhema into that verse that you have been reading. And you will scream, hey, uh, I never knew it's this, you know, it's all this, that God has opened my eyes to it again. It happens. Praise God. So we should spend time in the word of God so that we'll be well versed. We'll be able to have control of situations. And when you are well versed with the word of God, when the Lord speaks to you, you Listen and you know that he's saying something to you. He speaks and you hear his voice. All you have to do is to obey. And the passage will be open and free for you to go on. Also, we should be very strong in prayers. Being strong in prayers. In the word we said that, you know, the word of God should guide us. Like we read Psalm 119 verse 105. That tells us that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank God we had a, a, a Sunday school studies some days, Bible studies some two weeks ago. And we dwelt richly in it. You see the essence of having the word of God illuminates your way. Showing you the immediate. Showing you the one that is far. And the rays, you know that the rays of the light expands. So you will clearly see and know what God wants to, you to do in that particular situation. Especially in a confused state. In a stressful state. Honestly, there are times you, you don't want to discuss anything with anybody. You say, God, today it's me and you. And you stay with him. And you say you will answer me. Like, I had this topic how many months ago. I said, you will tell me what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know. what You know, every time. God, speak to me. I want you to speak to me. Let me have direction. I know what to say. Until he gave it to me. And I started penning them. One after the other. So God, the word of God, helps us in stressful, stressful conditions, in confused states of mind, the Lord will speak, and if you're able to grasp it and you say, Ah, this is the voice of God, you move on with it. Praise God. Be faithful to Him and trust Him. You should also be strong in prayers. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse seven says, Cease, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Pray without there's nothing we can do without prayers. It's communication to our Father. If we see it that way, you will always pray for everything. There is nothing that is so minute. For everything you should pray. That's why we pray before eating. Are you not the one that prepared the food? You are the one that prepared the food. Did you put poison in your food? No. But you have to pray. Ask God to bless that food. That is, you will eat it and it will nourish you. That you will not have no problem eating it. Some people are eating, they have fish bone. They are rushed to the hospital. As small as that. So we must pray always. Make it a habit. 
not selfish prayers. You know how to talk good things now with your father. The direction he gives you. Intercede for that time you get up to pray. Intercede for that sister. It will just come into your mind. And you obey him and you start interceding for that sister or for that family or for that brother. That is praying without ceasing. So we don't like prayer topics at all. For those in school, there are people who are confused on this earth. You pray for them. And of course, that prayer strengthens you in your daily activities. At times you get up so weak and so fragile. No, oh, I, I feel like not moving out. But you ask for strength from the Lord. He gives it to you. And he will give you the wisdom to walk on that very day. So we need to pray and be very strong in prayers. And I also said that we should also, you and me, especially the nurses, we should watch our words. I was surprised that when that woman was screaming, Oh, my baby is almost out. And they were saying, sorry, sorry. I, I said, ah, thank God for these ones. Those days, eh? Someone said, I come to go down, no? I'm going to You know? Ah, such language. Oh, my goodness. And someone said, ah, you go So carry your cross. I have my own cross. Why are you disturbing me? Such, such derogatory words should not come out from us. I was so happy when they were saying, ah, GCK, you know, and other. I was happy. It wasn't the bad ones anyway. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank God. You know, so we could see that we should watch our words. Like I said, the profession is a city that is set up on a hill. People listen to you. Every word you speak. You don't know. Some, somebody that is taking care of another patient will be listening your conversation with another patient. And then when they will magnify it, it becomes a different case. You know? So you should guard your word. Let the words that come out from your mouth be seasoned with grace and mercy. So that the hearers will be edified and they will thank God. Praise the Lord. The hearers will be edified. And they will have called, ah, when you'll be discussing a patient's case, oh my God, you don't know that somebody is listening. Ah, he's almost dead though. It's just that we are counting on this. Mm-hmm. And then the patient relation will hear it. And then we tell the person you, you were discussing of. What do you think you have achieved? Words. You should guard your mouth, guard your words. For James says in James chapter 3 verse 2 and 8 to 10, Let your words be seasoned with grace and mercy. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in words, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole Body. So the mouth controls the whole body. Praise the Lord. Then we cannot do this on our own strength. We cannot do it in our own strength. We continue to trust and depend on the Lord. The Spirit of God is in every believer. I believe that. And that's why the church makes out time from time to time for Holy Ghost baptism in this place and I'm so happy about it because a Christian or a believer that has not gotten the spirit of God in him is a powerless Christian you can only control what your activities and what you say and what you do if the spirit of God is in you so you try to activate the power of God in you by being obedient to the Spirit of God in you. When we go for world evangelism, Venerable will always say, lay hands on the people. Because it's, a, it's what God has given us, a promise he has given us, to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. But we try to shy away from it. We don't believe it, it will happen. But I tell you what, 
when I was working in labor world, then I was so vibrant too, for the Lord, not now. <laughs> no wonder the word of God says, you know, in your youth, yes, you served him. So we had this man that was in labor. And it was night, I was on night duty. The senior doctors, the consultants then, don't come to the hospital. It's only the registrars, you know, the registrars and are the residents, those who are practicing for specialty, you know. So this man, the baby's position was unstable. This moment it will go, be normal, next moment it goes unstable, it goes there, you know, and the rest of them. And uh, the woman was screaming, she was in pain, and, you know, the baby couldn't descend for delivery. So, the doctor that was with me was a resident, and I said, why don't you send for your, your consultant? I said, huh, that consultant, he doesn't like anybody waking him up at night. And I said, so should we be here for that woman to die? If this uterus ruptures, we will lose the mother and probably the baby. So please write him. Whatever he wants to do, let him do, but write him. So he agreed to write him. Finished writing the letter and then, so the, the oddly now had to take it to casualty for, you know, sending out. And I secretly went to the woman. I said, Madam, do you believe that God can turn this baby? And she said, can you pray? I said, I want to pray with you. And she said, okay. And I laid hand on her tummy and prayed. You know, by the time the doctor got that letter, was arriving into the, uh, into the labor uh, world, this woman delivered her baby. We thank God. And the doctor said, why did you send for me? <laughs> you know, and uh, the resident now said, that, you know, it has been unstable like all the way. We could, you know, if it had been a, you know, a, a, a normal lie, we wouldn't have sent for you. And he went back, he just I joined the ambulance and went home. Later the woman called me and said, I said to him, be all the glory. That was then. Praise the Lord. So please, let us not, you know, think that what, whom we have believed in, but after, people say, small boy. No. He's faithful to keep to his word. So when we go to the wars, let us lay hands. It's not your business whether the person recovers or not. You have done what God wants you to do. Praise God. Amen. And I said, don't underestimate yourself. Because it can be difficult when all else around you is saying that your, your, your character and your, your activities are old-fashioned. And then you want to change and be like them. No, don't do that. Remain focused. Let him who has called you take care of you and direct you. Praise God. And the last one I said, like the other nurse also did, every opportunity you have, make sure you use it to evangelize to your patients and clients and even the significant others who come in and out to visit. Put some tracts in the world. We, then we used to have in our, in our words, you know, tracts in the little boxes we share out. So you can still practice that even if, you know, your management doesn't want it. Have some in your lockers. I know we used to have lockers. Go in there and take out your tract and share to people during the visiting hours. And then when it is time for you to, you can still have your one-on-one -on -one evangelism with your patients from time to time. Though some people will so discourage you. I had one he can come on in my world. And I would hand him over. Before I go off, I'll tell the next sister, go and meet that man. And then I finished my I went on weekend off and then resumed on a Monday. Coming in the world, the man came from my area, he's from Newi. And he told me, because, you know, I said, 
How come you are like this? It wasn't so bad when I left. But you know, hours can change somebody's condition. I said, look at me. He was breathless, gasping for air. Oh my God. And I called my colleague that I handed over. Uzum. I said, Uzum, I hope you witness to this man. I said, Will I force him? I have been witnessing to him throughout the weekend and he doesn't want. Hey. I felt bad. And I could see him passing. We had to bring oxygen to begin to resuscitate him. But he died because he refused. Do your own bit and leave others. Do your own as a child of God. If he doesn't want to. Well, some people at last moment will do what? Believe. And you see them. The Lord has received them. Praise God. So I'm asking this question now. I said that God is not going to lead you or lead us to a vocation that will make us miserable to serve him. They will not. So we should shine our light in whatever vocation he has given us. You may be here you are not a nurse. You are not in the hospital community. You are somewhere working. I have something to tell you. That God has a wonderful plan for you to shine as light. And you start that by loving him first. And I ask again, what do you enjoy doing for a career? You have different careers here. What do you enjoy doing? What are the gifts that God has given you for his service? We know that we all have different gifts for the service of God. What are you doing with them? God has prepared one job or profession or another for every one of us. Please, can somebody read for me Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10? Because he has given us one job or profession or another, because he has created us, and he wants us for his own good and his own purpose. Can somebody read for me, please? For we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So each and every one of us has something that God has ordained for you and I. We are His workmanship. We are not of our own. He said He had ordained it earlier on. So why should we not let our light shine for him? He who has known us before said to Jeremiah, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. So he knows us. And so he will not put you where you will not serve him. He will not put you where your light will not shine. So shine that light and dispel the darkness around you. If every one of us should shine in our professions, oh my God. I mean, people will really come to know him and glorify his name. And that's God's plan for you and I. But there is one vocation that all believers in Christ have. And that is to bet life infants. You may say you're not a midwife. All of us are midwives. When you bet life infants for the kingdom of God, you're a midwife. You're Shifra and the poor, not the ones that kill their own. So that is one vocation that God has given to all of us. When we go to read, you see that in Mark 16, 15 and 16, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, 
Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said, we should go and spread this gospel of Christ to every nation. We should go. Those who believe will be baptized. Start from your own Jerusalem. Where you are. Your family. Your extended family. Move out. Let them know. Let them see the light of of God in you. Let them see the light of Christ shining in you. It's not just by speaking the word. We do by acting. Action speaks louder than word people say. Your people observe us. In our going out and coming in, people observe us. So what kind of Christian are you? So I have said that in Matthew 5, 14, which is, that, which is the theme of, uh, of this year's uh, of, uh, of the church, says, Ye are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. So, it's a popular, there's a popular children's song that explains this verse very well. It says, uh, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And then they will ask question. Put it under the bushel. They will say, Oh no. If you have Sin and sin, they say, put it under bushel. They say, oh no, they don't want to put it under the bushel. Because the light that is put under the, the bushel is as useless as you have no light. Praise God. So it explains this verse very well. And that is what we want to do. That the, our light, God has commissioned us to be the light of the world. So, we should shine in dark places. The days are so evil. You're walking on the road. You're going to places, uh, public places. You, as a child of God, you tend to, you know, hold yourself together so that you don't say something. I remember when I was um, doing my first degree in Enugu campus. These children will wear their skimpy dresses and, you know, skimpy dresses and will be walking around. I'll, I'll just say, hey, Chineke. One, at times I'll call them and will call them in a corner and I'll talk to them. I'll say, please, I'm sure your mother doesn't know that you put on this type of thing. You know? Well, one day one of my classmates had to say to me, these children will lynch you. They will lynch you. Leave them alone. I said, I can't help it. At times I'm weeping, seeing them. I know that these children are from well-groomed families. But coming to school, they are different things. So we have to talk. They will not lynch. They didn't lynch me, so they won't lynch you. We have to talk. Praise God. So we have to talk. Call them quietly. Don't be judgmental. That's the way you speak and they will understand. Even in the keke, oh my God. You will see with some of them with these um, mini dresses they wear. You know, sitting up, it goes higher now. Oh. And their boy might be sitting beside them. God, what are we? What, what sort of generation is this? You know? You know, what sort of generation are we in? You'll be almost weeping. So at times, when I, I won't get to the place I'm stopping, and that person gets down, I'll come down and follow the person. I'll just make it one remark or another, you know. And some of them listen. Some of them do. There's one I'm following up in the place where we, re- we live. I bought, you know, I bought the daily bread for her and everything. I said, come, let us be sharing it. 
came the first day, second day. I can't see her again, no. You know. But I said, I will follow up. When they wear some of them, I said, this thing you are putting on, it doesn't make you attractive, but it will attract the wrong people to you. Do you want to be pregnant? They say, no. So you see it, so stop. And you see that person trying to wear a longer one next time. Praise God. So we have a lot of work to do as the light of the world. And that is what God has called us to do. Our lights are meant to shine. If not, we will not recover them. And the light then, the darkness will prevail. If the light doesn't shine and we cover them, they what? Darkness will overtake and continue moving. And that is what we are seeing. At times I say, maybe, you know, many of us didn't do what we are supposed to do. What we were supposed to do. Because if, you know, we have followed up the people that have given, some of them have, uh, you know, backsliding. Like on Friday prayer meeting, one of our sisters lamented that the, somebody that she was using at home, to come to the Women's General Fellowship annual meeting to minister has fallen out of, yes, and became a, 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 what? A native doctor. Somebody that was giving ministration to the women whenever they had a general meeting, August meeting, has backslided to be a native doctor. And you begin to question why. So we have a lot of work to do. We should not cover our light. Let us not cover the light. So that darkness will not prevail. And again, you know, the light is meant to shine brightly. To drive away darkness. If it doesn't shine brightly, it will not drive away darkness. Like you have, uh, you know, uh, uh, have measured light. And it's so dim. The darkness is still around. No, but when it shines brightness, you don't see, you know, any resemblance of darkness. Praise the Lord. So I'm saying that God will help us in all that we desire to do, in all our ways, so that we will tend higher and higher and higher, not falling down. And he will give us the grace. Give us the grace. Not to be timid. Because timidity at times makes us not to shine as we want. Shyness also makes us not to shine as we want. Okay, you know, it appears I'm overdoing it. You are not overdoing it, please. What would they say? Ah, who are they? You cannot please the people you want to please. You can never. So go on and do what God has asked you to do. In all our professions, we have seen that one profession that, or vocation that God has given to us. We will not neglect it. Go on evangelism and speak the word with faith and trust God. Trust the Holy Spirit to do the conversion by himself. Praise the Lord. So God has really helped us to be in a place like the children also prayed this morning. There are too many churches, so many wolves in their sheep's clothing. Too many churches. And you see multiplicity of sin, changes and decays in all that we see around us. But still, they call them churches. God will deliver you from such churches. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> Praise the Lord. He will. When you seek Him in truth and in spirit, He will surely deliver you and set you where you should praise and worship Him and learn more to have a deeper interaction with Him. And you never fall God standing with you. We shall pray. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Lord, help us to be 
the light that shines brightly in the darkest places. Don't let us cover our lights out of fear, out of intimidation, or out of shyness. Let it so shine that all we see the good works you have done in our lives and glorify you. And more souls will be drawn into your kingdom. To the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.